Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. We're live, man. Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. The once in a while Thoroughly Wrong Project. <laughs> Busy life, right? Yeah. How you been, man? Pretty good. Um, just pretty much done with like this semester of classes. Yeah, that's cool. So um, just wrapping things up. This semester wasn't that bad. Like when it came when it came to the like workload and like I wasn't like super stressed and the workload in general wasn't bad. So like even like during finals and stuff, it wasn't. Well, that's cool. Nothing crazy. That's cool. How close are you now? Um, I should be done in the spring, like next spring. So a year, I guess. All right. Cool. Cool. I have no intention of ever going back to school <laughs> like that. I have tried twice in the last five years and just didn't make it through a single semester. No, I mean, it's hard, especially, I mean... I think when you're like, you know, like it, when you go just like straight out of high school, like it's, it's a little bit easier just because you have like less things to worry about. Yeah. But I mean, when you're like, you know, an adult already, like life gets in the way a lot of the time, you know? I didn't start till I was 26 or 27. And then I had like four kids and just fucking crazy life. But I think... The reason I can't, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like a personal thing to me. It's like once you're ensconced in this, in this life, like I, I tried to go back to be a, a school teacher. And um, when you start taking the classes, you, you start hearing things that like, this is what they want in the classroom and this is how it's going to be. And this is the politics of it. And you're like, well, that shit doesn't work. That's never going to work the system's failing and you're teaching us how to fail worse. So I dropped out of that. And then I decided I was going to go be a, a mental health professional, like with a, with a master's degree. And the further I got into it, I realized, I just realized it's all bullshit. And I can't, I can't dismiss it. You know, I can't, it, it's like watching a movie when you, you know, you, you, you dismiss that it's a movie and you're trying to get into the movie and you can't, well, I can't get into school because I don't think it's, I don't think what they're teaching us is reality. They're teaching us some sort of, of system that they, way they think it should be. And it's not that way at all. Well, I mean, I do agree that that is, um, I mean, especially depending on like the degree, I guess, or the, the topic yeah. it is a lot like that. It's, t it's a lot of like theory and things like that you know right right um but i mean i've always said that and that's why i'm a big like um advocate for like um affordable like higher education because i do agree that i mean not like i don't think college is for everybody right but i do think that everybody should at least try it but for that to happen um it should be made like very affordable if not like close to free for most people you know 
Yeah, if if you can't suspend disbelief about the theory, which I can't, it, then there should be other options for you, like whatever mechanics and because I mean, painters and all as a society, all yeah, as a society, like we need, you know, like tradespeople, we need, you know, people in all sorts of sectors, and people fit in in all those sectors, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. Like, I'm sure there's tons of people that would actually re- do really good in school, but they just never found out because they couldn't like afford it or they, uh, um, you know, <laughs> they didn't have the money to pay. Yeah, they don't want to like take on a hundred thousand dollar debt. Right. So just like there's probably tons of people that went to college that you know barely graduated and really like didn't like gain much from it, and then. You know, they don't even end up using their degree and stuff. Right. There's also tons of people that probably could have gained so much from it. And like, you know, they had that, they had like a lot of potential and it was never like discovered or for them. Yeah. I have a coworker I have a lot in common with. She, she went to school to be a, a journalist, a journalism major. And when she got out, she found out that journalism majors are like a dime a dozen and you better be fucking good at what you're doing and really lucky to break into the the business so like me i went and got my philosophy degree and i thought you know this is going to be great and i realized a philosophy degree you can you can wipe your ass on it once and then you have to get rid of it because you got to go back to school to get something viable which is why i came into mental health and then i figured out that the the real problem i have with mental health uh, uh, higher education is it's a bunch of people who have been in mental health and then quit to teach. And then the system has changed so much and it's under such pressure right now that they're teaching antiquated ideas almost immediately because they're not in the, they're not out here dealing with the, the homeless situation and the explosion of mental health issues. They're still back 10 years ago. And that that's a fucking problem. Well, I think in mental health specifically, a lot of the, um, like all the things you learn in school, like it's great and it's very like good information to have. And like, you know, you learn a lot of like skills and tools, but I think when it comes to mental health, the majority of your learning will be like in the field, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like once you get, um, the job. That's why I call it combat, Lalo. Yeah. <laughs> You can you can tell a, a an army guy or marine all about being shot at until until he gets shot at he doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, and I think that's the case for a lot of professions too. Like, um, you do most of your learning like on the job, but that doesn't mean that everything you learn in school is like useless, right? Because um, I mean, it does come in handy, and it's good to know um, the information, and you do use it, you know, a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just, I think that's just how it is. Like the nature of things, like, because it's no, you can't really prepare yourself for what you're going to experience, like in real life. You know? <laughs> yeah. You can't prepare yourself for a person who's having a conversation with the air. <laughs> you're just like, what the hell now? What do we do? <laughs> I don't think. I think I think education to me is you learn the vernacular, 
you know, you learn how to communicate with other mental health professionals about what's going on on a level that other people can't. So you talk about, you know, schizophrenia and you talk about all the things that we talk about and um, comorbidity, comorbidity and things, you know, we say we just have this language that we speak with each other. So, but that's just like the military. You learn, you know, sit reps and ammo and you learn, you learn all the, all the things you need to know to just break into the system. And then I think you learn it once you get there. Yeah. And it sucks sometimes, <laughs> but I think I found, I think I found my place. I mean, it took, it took a long time. And for the first time in my life, I feel like I found my place. I down at the, and I call it the bottom, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, I, but it's the bottom of the barrel where I am. It's like where crisis walk in, it's mostly really, really, really sick people. And what do you do with them? You comfort them, and you feed them, and you you try to get them you know, to coax them back into some form of being okay so they can remain free. That's That's basically what we're doing. Right. Because, I mean, I think when you get to, like, that severity um, or when, yeah, when you get to working with people that are that severe, um, a lot of the, like, usual, you know, mental health, like, tactics kind of go out the window. Right. You know, and um, at that point, it's more like, like you said, just kind of getting them by trying to get them you know on medication because i mean no amount of like you know deep breathing and like long walks (laughs) is gonna fix anybody's like schizophrenia right right (laughs) breathe it out man but the voices are telling me to kill myself just breathe you know that's not gonna work that's not gonna work it's It's very at that point it's very like it's almost like one-dimensional like the treatment yeah um because there's really so much that we can do without like completely like violating someone's like like you said freedom and rights you know right right but i I, i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say some shit that's gonna be controversial as hell but i don't think that i think that our gravely disabled our gd standards and for those who don't know that it's a 5150 term, it means gravely disabled means you can't take care of yourself anymore. And you have to be 5150 and taken into a facility where you'll be medicated and watched and assessed to see if at some point in the future you can be let go. And most 5150 holds are let, let loose after three days. But I think our, our gravely disabled standards, Lalo, are f- nonsense because you got people out here on the street and, you know, we look at them and like, do you want a 5150? them? And we say, well, they have food and they have a plan to get food. Even if the fucking plan is to get food out of a garbage can, it's still a plan to get food. So we have to say, okay, we can't take away this person's freedom. So we have people living like fucking animals and, we can't take away their, you know, so-called quote unquote freedom. And I don't see what I, I, I'm so angry at the Republican administration from the eighties 
Ronald Reagan who who completely erased mental health and replaced it with some sort of machine that just pulls people in and spits them back out, pulls them in until they're just so fucked up that, you know, after you live on the streets and eat out of garbage cans for two or three years, you're not really a viable human being anymore. You're just an animal, like an alley cat to me. And that's sad. I think that these, these people should be brought in institutionalized for a while, stabilized, and then some sort of system should be put in place that we can help them and watch them so they don't fall back down to a place where they're eating a sandwich I threw away three days ago, you know? Right. That this, this 5150 standards are, they're bullshit to me, man. And I, I know, I know it's the law. It's, I get it. I'm not, I'm not, railing against the establishment like something's going to change but when people when people ask talk to me about mental health and they like what do you do and i said i'm a crisis counselor or a mental health clinic and they're like oh my god like yeah oh my god you have no idea what that's like and they don't know what you do where you ride around in a van and and confront people all day long who cannot take care of themselves and the system is so fucking broken, Lalo. I don't know what I don't even know what to say to people anymore about fifty one fifties and institutionalizing people. And it's it's horrid. The things that are happening on our streets are absolutely outrageous. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, the only like thing I could think of is that the system is. The way it is now, it's almost like it's mainly designed for people who aren't that severe as the population that we work with. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Because like you said, the criteria is very strict. Um, it's very, you know, um, like by the, by the book. And for a lot of the people that like me and you work with, it does seem like, you know, they're just running in circles and mm-hmm. they get, you know, chewed up and spit back out and, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Until they die. But I think that the way it's set up now is it doesn't really have those types of people in mind, like the system. Right. It's more, that's more designed for people that, you know, do have, you know, a one-off type of, you know, mental breakdown or like psychotic break. Yeah. And then they just need like some short term stabilization and then they're good. Yeah. The, the system that we're in is designed for people like me. And what happened to me where I was sitting in the chair and I just started crying and I was like 30 years of accumulated trauma and divorce and death and all the shit that had happened to me caught up to me that afternoon. And I came in and then I got in a system, I got my number, you know, I got my Cerner number and I got all the things that I needed in order to move forward. And then I had my own private insurance and I went and got therapy and then I, I got better and I got out and now I'm okay. And now I just check back in with a therapist once or twice a year to go, you know, just to touch base. But when you are severely fucking mentally ill and you know, you're hearing voices and 
seeing shadows and shadow people and all kinds of things. This, this system is not designed to handle this at all. Yeah. So I, I wonder, like, is there, you know, cause for it to change, we would have to either change it like completely, like across the board yeah, or change it, you know, based on like, if somebody meets other certain criteria, because it's very hard yeah. to create a system where it treats some people this way and some people a different way. And how do you determine which category of, you know, people fall in? Right. So, right. You're right, though. The criteria need we need to add levels of severity and then right. add levels of care at that point. Yeah. And here's here's how, you know. And I would also want to see, sorry, but I I would also want to see like where most people fall. Like when it comes to like, especially when it comes to like people, you know, coming in on holds. Yeah. Like the majority of those people or like most of them, where are they? Are they those people that, you know, just need a quick, you know, stabilization and then they're good? Or is it most of them where, you know, like the people that we work with, where it's like more of a long term issue. Right. And then kind of. Uh, gauge that and then design the system around those people the most because those are obviously the ones that need the most help well let, let let's not say that i think everybody needs the same uh everybody's care is has the same uh i don't know what word i'm looking for here everybody's the same everybody needs care and and the level of care just has to change it's like it if I didn't get the help I needed, I would have been, I would have moved up a level. I'm sure of it. So we need to treat people at, at, in their life at where they are. My, my biggest issue here is when you have one system that's kind of designed for everybody, then you got me who was, who made it out. And then you have you know, with that, I, I can't use names, of course, but, you know, we could tell stories. And when you have a, a person who gets out of prison and is dropped off by law enforcement at the bus stop with kind of a good luck, and the person's been on medication and they have no bridge. And for uh, the lay people here, a bridge is medication that you would get in a in a facility that you're a locked facility and then you get a bridge medication, which gets you, it allows you to cross that bridge from a locked facility into, into uh, society. And then somebody like you or I takes over their case and, you know, works with them, but we're just getting Lalo. My God, dude, we're getting people dropped off in the city that have been in jail for three to four fucking years with a good luck. And all they do is go right, you know, they, they medication wears off and here we go again. So man, I'm just, I'm hopeful because of the job that I do. And I love my job. I'm not joking. I crisis is where I belong for a long fucking time. It's, 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 uh, I have the demeanor for it. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm seeing these lather rinse and repeat over and over and over until we lose the people they just fall right through the cracks 
So what do we do here? What are we doing? I mean, the system is broken. I get it. But what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to because it's just such like people fall on such a large spectrum when it comes to like mental health. Yeah. Um, that it's it's very hard to create like a one size fits all type of deal. Um, so we just kind of have to. I think like what you mentioned earlier about having like different levels of uh, like care. Yeah. In the crisis setting is something that um, we should at least explore. Cause I mean, we have different levels of care when it comes to like, you know, continuity of care and like long-term care. Right. Right. But in a crisis situation, it's very much like a, there's only one way to do things, you know? Right. Um, but I even think an emergency know. room, even a fucking emergency room for physical ailments has levels of care. Right. You know, you can go to the yard because your stomach hurts. You can go yeah. to the yard because you're, you know, bleeding out. They're right. not make you wait outside in the lobby. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's how I'm looking at it. It's like you don't have you when when you got somebody that's sad because their boyfriend broke up with them and they need somebody to talk to. And you got somebody that's walking in circles, talking to the raw, the sun God, and you're treating them both the same way there. You're, you're going to have issues here. You're, you're actually going to give the person who's sad, a little PTSD having to deal with the shit that they're seeing right in front of them. Right. It's a, it's a bad situation. I read that, for every 20,000 Californians, there's one mental health professional now. And it's getting worse and worse and worse because nobody wants to go into this field because it doesn't pay. That's another thing. I think the way we approach certain issues is, is just flawed from the from the get-go. Right. When it comes to... Um, not just mental health, but a lot of like social issues that we have. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've noticed that a lot of things, like when we try to fix a lot of issues, we try to fix them while at the same time, like making money. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. That doesn't really, <laughs> like, I mean, it doesn't work. And it's not going to work that way. You're not, you're never going to, you might make money but you're not going to solve the issue or if you, you might solve the issue, but you're not going to make money and you kind of have to like deal with that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But when you put like that profit motive in a lot of these like social issues, I, I, that's where I have an issue with it because I don't think that should be the case at all. You know, we right. shouldn't be worried about, you know, making the bottom the most, line. Yeah. Making the most money we can trying to fix like the homeless issue because you're not going to fix it because at the end of the day, you're worried about making money. Right. You know, and the people that are making the laws, we've talked about this many times. The people that are making the laws are not even plugged into the situation and they're listening to the lobbyists who want to make money. So the, the laws we are passing sometimes don't make any fucking sense. Like for instance, if the person has a plan to eat out of a garbage can, they're fine. And who the fuck made that law? Who said that? That can't be right, dude. In in my in my mind, 
watching somebody go through a garbage can hurts my heart, man. I, I don't want to see people having to stoop to that level just to survive because somebody said, oh, that that is freedom. That's that man's freedom to choose to go through the garbage can. I don't think they're choosing it. I don't think it's freedom at all. I think it's just a level of survival that we're not, we don't want to deal with. Yeah. It's a, it's a very uh, sticky situation. And it's like that in a lot of sectors, like um, not just like mental health, but like prison, yeah. like why are prisons like privatized, you know? Yeah. That At that no point sense. you're, you're incentivized to have people in jail. And that seems completely backwards. <laughs> but people don't, Lalo, people don't think about what you just said. They, they can't wrap their fucking mind around it. When you say, okay, we're going to privatize the prisons. Well, that's just incentives for, to send people to jail to make money. And they're like, nah, that can't be. And when you stop and think about it, it's exactly fucking right. Yeah, because at that point, it's prison, prison turns into a business. Yeah. And a business job is to make money and make a profit. And what is the least amount of care that we can give these people to make the most amount of money? And that includes if you needed bridge medications, that's nah, sorry, that's your problem. So I hear the same like thing. Uh, kind of said a lot with um, other like public uh, like services like the postal service like yeah. the post office i always hear people say like we don't need the post office like the post office you know waste you know so x amount of millions of dollars every year and it's like that's the point like the post office isn't meant to make money right it's, it's like public service it's that's like public service so I could turn around and say, well, the military, you know, costs us, you know, almost a trillion dollars every year. But nobody ever says that because, oh, no, we need the military, you know. Well, we need the postal service, too. You think UPS is going to go deliver, you know, fucking letters <laughs> in the middle of nowhere? Like, for free? I don't think UPS is going to deliver the... the, um, the- advertisement the inserts <laughs> that we get hundreds of pounds for like there's a lot of people especially in like middle america where they're like you know miles in between of other like houses and businesses that that's like their only um like mail carrier service you know right because it doesn't benefit ups or fedex or dhl to go way out there Cause there's no money in it. Like it doesn't, like it's not worth their time. Is that how we're treating people? Is that what's happening in mental health? When the more severe your mental illness is, the less money we can make off of you. So. No, I don't think in mental health. I mean, I do think there's a money motive in mental health, but I don't think it's like the issue. I think the main issue is just the way the system is designed that, kind of lets um it lets people fall through the cracks because you know the system's not really like designed for them um yeah specifically i think that's the issue if you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps you deserve to fall through the cracks is that what we're saying <laughs> no i think it's more of a of a 
like you like you were talking about education earlier like you know they teach us these things like you know they have to meet this criteria blah 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 and if they don't then you know you do this so it's 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 a lot of like if this then that you know oh yeah i got tons of flow charts at work so tons and of I, don't, them. I don't think you can i mean it does work you know certain cases and maybe a lot of cases but there's you know there's also a lot of cases where it doesn't work like that and you kind of have to take it by um like the eye test you know and like how is this what's the best way to help this individual yeah and that may not be on a flow chart you know because at the end of the day they are an individual they're not just you know a number that you can just oh well you know they will try this and if it doesn't work then you know that's it yeah medicine is physical physical medicine is broken like i saw that when my wife got sick and it was this endless let's try this because they didn't know what the fuck to do you know so it was like endless medications and endless doctors and endless tests until it just came down to the point where it's like we don't know what's wrong with you so i think everything is everything is overloaded everything is underfunded everything is about money everything the laws that we're making are by people people making laws about medicine who've they're never been to law school or ever treated a anything more than a, a wound on a knee from a child you know I think everything needs to be rethought, Lalo. Everything we're doing right now needs to be just rethought. And I don't mean that in some fucking bullshit, woke ideology. I mean, we need to take a good look at what we're doing, what works and what doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, we need to rethink it on a major scale. Well, I think that is woke ideology. Because <laughs> I mean, that's what people like advocate for, like that change on a major scale type of thing, you know, in any like system. Yeah. Um, to a lot of people, that means, you know, like, um, to a lot of people, that's like bad. Um, but you know, we're able to recognize that, you know, big change is sometimes what we need because whatever we're doing now is definitely like not working. Well, just, can, like, can we call it progressive instead of woke? Because woke has uh, connotations I wanna, I wanna, I with it. I want to like normalize. You want to normalize woke? Yeah. I want to normalize progressivism. And I think most people are woke. They just either don't know it or they have like a misunderstanding of really kind of where that, what that like slang term means. Right. Um, like you said, like the whole negative connotation. Well, I mean, for me, it's a positive content. Cause like, it when just means progressive that, to me, progressive I mean, thinking that for a lot of people is like too much. Yeah. Especially on the right, like progressiveness, like that's already like way too woke. I so. like, I got a new presidential candidate as much as I hate to say it, but I, I got Robert Kennedy, dude. I got to go with him until he 
until he says something really fucking stupid. I, I I'm like, dismantle the system, dismantle the CIA, stop surveillance, bring people home, get control. All these things that he's talking about are the same things. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that actually is what I would like to see. But every time, you know, every time they introduce him, it's like, and now presidential candidate and anti-vaxxer, Robert F. Kennedy. <laughs> like, they're, they're trying to discredit him somehow. Is he with, related to JFK in any way? He is uh, Bobby Kennedy's son, and Bobby was the brother of JFK. So he is JFK's uh, nephew. Okay. He, he, he has to be careful with that, dismantling the CIA. Um, he already said on... Uh, For sure his uncle tried to do that. And, right, right. But he already said on Russell Brand's podcast, and he said in the media several times that the CIA killed his uncle. He's oh, openly that- said it. The CIA killed my uncle, Jack. He's not pulling any punches at all. I mean, it's this weird, it's like almost this Trumpian way of looking at government, but he wants to pull it apart and give the, he, he said, I want to pull it apart and give the power back to the people. Donald Trump wants to pull it apart and take the power for himself. So there's that, there's that uh, pivot point for me. It's like, yeah, he wants to, he's a very progressive person. Um, and what is he, is he like independent or Republican or Democrat? Democrat. Yeah. He has some crazy shit going on. I I understand that. We all do. But his ideas are along the lines of what I think the way the government should run. Take Take the power away from the federal government. Let them take care of the airports and the roads and and the shit like that. But let's get all this all this tiny nonsense that they're the regulations take it away from them and give it back to the states. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you want to live in a progressive state like California, that's fine. Where abortion and the the gun laws and all the things that California's famous for or infamous for. And then if you want to live in fucking, you know, Alabama, live in Alabama. It's fine. If you don't you don't want abortion, live in a state where there's no abortion. But see, I don't see for me that's not I don't like that because um like I'm I'm off like cool with like states' rights and you know them having like their own thing. But I do think there are certain things that should be like federally um upheld or like up to the federal government abortion being like one of them because i mean you like you can't really like you can choose where to live but at the same time you can't you know somebody that lives in alabama that's you know pro-abortion or needs one chances are they can't afford to just get up and move to california right like you can't just pack up your livelihood and then and one you shouldn't have to just to get that procedure done. Like that shouldn't be something that's, you know, part of the contract. Like, oh, you have to live here to get this done. But what if we dismantled the industrial, the military industrial complex and took the trillion dollars and put the trillion dollars mm-hmm. into housing, into wages, into, you know, education and took all that money that we're spending on fucking 
airplanes or bombs or funding foreign wars and take that money and put it back into the into the system, then the people would be empowered. And if I wanted to move to Nevada, I could. Or if I wanted yeah, to move to, I could. That, can you do that? Like only once you have that empowerment, are you able to be like, okay, now I could like, you know, move wherever I want. But that like ability to move and change scenery shouldn't come from the fact that you need a medical procedure done. It should be just like, oh, I want to move. I want to live here now just because, or I like it better here, or I like the weather here. It shouldn't be, oh, well, I need, you know, they have, you know, less strict gun laws or they have more strict gun laws. So I'm going to move here or I need an abortion or I don't like abortion. So I'm going to move here. Like those parameters to live somewhere in specific shouldn't be that. It should be more like leisurely reasons, I guess. I, I can go with gun laws because that's that seems to be a federal thing to me. But as far as abortion, it has too much. It has too much uh, ethics and morality tied into it. To you know what I mean? Well, I mean, so do gun laws. You can say that same argument for gun laws, because I mean, like, let's say you live somewhere like in Texas where the gun laws are very loose and there's a ton, tons of uh, gun deaths in Texas mm-hmm. because of it. Like morality wise, like you're allowing these people to die based on the laws that you have. Like your morals are, you know, we prioritize the ability to have guns over, you know, the safety and the lives of our citizens. And I would say that's a very big moral uh, dilemma. Oh, it's, yeah. When you say you, when you go to Oklahoma and you say, okay, we're, we're passing a law here. That's so that uh, you can't have trans dance shows. You can't have female impersonators because children might see them. And that would fuck a child up, but you refuse to, you know, they're no, it's like this is no um, female impersonator has ever killed a fucking child in Oklahoma. The number one leading cause of death for children in Oklahoma is fucking guns. But so you don't want to make laws about that. You want to make laws about the other thing. And that's where I'm saying we're getting into all this. How can you, how can you make a federal edict you know, and where do you stop? So abortion, gun rights, and then where do you stop making these sweeping federal laws, especially the ones that are, that are attached to um, ethics, morality, religion, all, you know, religious people want their guns, but they don't want trans people. So do we say, okay, 50% of the people in the United States are religious, so we're going to pass sweeping legislation about the trans community is that no we'll see to me um things like religion or like laws based on religion are very easy to deal with if it was up to me because i mean it says it in the constitution like separation of church and state so i would allow zero laws based on religion to like take effect 
Um, well, separation because, of church and state's never been real. Yeah, I know that, but I'm saying like for me, if it was up to me, it would be very simple, a very simple solution when it comes to that specifically. Right. Um, but I see for me, I do think we need a strong federal government because there are things that should not change. Um, because like the United States is so big, like, uh, like land wise. Right. Um, there are certain things that should be the same for everybody everywhere, regardless. So things like um, education, I think should be the same because you don't want varying degrees or like different things being taught like in different places, because then you get like very skewed, like worldviews, um, education, healthcare, uh, energy, these like big pillars of like society that right. need that we need to be like universal for everybody because um, if you like leave that to the States, um, I don't think it works out. You know, if you leave energy to the States, you get like Texas where their power grids like failing half the year. Right. You know, if you leave education to the States, you get, <laughs> you get Florida. Florida. In Mississippi, you get Florida. Yeah, where their education is very poor, and they're like banning books. So, um, there's certain like big pillars that should be like federally controlled, and that scares a lot of people because that word just like or that phrase um, sounds scary, you know, like federally controlled. But at the same time, I think while having a strong federal government, you have to do it the right way like the federal government has to be able to run correctly and then have a strong one because if you have a strong federal government and they're not you know run the right way then you also get you know bad shit and like shit goes uh, out the window but that shouldn't be a deterrent to not do something you know I can see guns so many people are dying right now. It's just like it's we're almost blase about it again. Like oh, another eight people died in wherever, and we do nothing about it. So, but we're we're concentrating on things like trans rights and abortion, and and people are getting wiped out, dude. I mean, seriously, it's how many people are getting killed by guns and we're not doing a fucking thing about it, but how many, how many uh, trans laws have we passed in the last fucking year? Well, like anti-trans laws are very much performative politics for Republicans. Yep. Because, and I mean, I've said it before, Republicans don't have any sort of platform. Their platform is just anti-Democrat. So like wait to see whatever (laughs) Democrats want to do. And then they just go the opposite way. And that's their platform. They have no economic plan. They have no um, like social plan. Their plan is just anti-Democrat. Right. Um, so when it comes to like social like laws or laws that, you know, affect social issues, for the most part, they're very like performative. They're just there for like uh, not so much shock value, but just you know, 
they try to make it sound like it's like they build up this fake outrage, you right. know, in certain things. Like, you know, right now it's like the kids, like, oh, we don't want kids getting groomed when you have like fucking thousands of like pedophile pastors out there, but no one talks about that. No one talks about that. Or and before then it was like women's sports. Like they cared so much about women women's sports. Um and they were like trying to pass laws left and right to like ban people from playing sports. So it's it's like this fake outrage. Like they treat things as as if it's like some sweeping like epidemic that's going on. The fake outrage is on both sides. Both but it's sides. mostly on the right because they use that fake outrage to kind of distract people from the actual shit that's going on. Right. Like Democrats, at least from what I see, like they, you know, they're like pro-trans, pro, you know, all these social things. But at the same time, they want gun change. They got they want gun reform. Um, so it's like they can do both at the same time. But Republicans, like, they try to shift the focus off of the, like, the big, like, the big issues, like, gun laws. And they try to, like, distract people with, like, this fake outrage to, because they know in, like, a few days, they'll forget about it. They'll forget about it. Yeah. I think um, they, it's so, it's so maddening to see so many kids are being killed by guns and, they don't do anything. They, and like you said, they have this fake outrage about trans people and, and abortion. And they have this, this whole thing going on. The real issues are not being looked at because I, it, it may be that they don't understand them. It may be that they know it's going to cost too much money, you know, what, for whatever reason, but mental health is, listen, dude, I, I saw this thing the other day. I saw this, uh, we spent, the average American taxpayer spends almost $2,000 on the military industrial complex and something like $297 on education. So, you know, we're talking about one fifth of what we spend on bombs and missiles and paying uh, a military. You know how much we spend on, on uh, mental health? 19 fucking dollars. That's it. That sounds about right. It sounds about right. And it sounds horrific. And meanwhile, we're passing more and more laws to give people who can't take care of themselves more and more rights to not take care of themselves, which feeds this machine of it keeps people in the system and it keeps people going to jail and it keeps all this fucking shit is happening on 19 bucks. And what if we spent the, I, I don't know, what if we spent all that money on, on public housing and homelessness and education and feeding people and not being outraged because some kid needs a, an appendectomy and his parents can't pay for it and he fucking dies? Why, why can't we just take care of our people better? And why, why do we spend a trillion dollars a year and say that's us taking care of you while we suffer, while the average American just absolutely, their teeth are rotting out of their head, they're fucking crazy, they're overweight, they're 
they're in food comas most of the time. Alcoholism, mental mental health issues, drug addiction, just you name it, and they spend a trillion dollars so Yugoslav or Ukraine doesn't fall to the Russians, which would do what exactly if they did? And I'm not saying that Putin is is not a bad guy, and I'm not saying the Ukrainians don't deserve better, but I am saying where is all the fucking money going? that you don't even have to you don't even have to write down where you spend it anymore. You don't have to tell us. While we're down here dealing with the mentally ill and dealing with sickness and and all the things that I just listed, why are we spending money in the Ukraine when we need it here? Like that those are like republican talking points. Because um like that's what they say a lot or like specifically like the Ukraine stuff because they act like all our money is going to the Ukraine where there's like billions of dollars that's being like, we're not, we're spending money sending to Ukraine, but we're wasting money and like other shit. That's completely useless. Absolutely. I was just using Ukraine as, as one of the things that we're sending money to. Yeah. But see, to me, that's like not a bad thing. Like, we need to help Ukraine. Like, that's the thing that... We caused it, Lalo. We fucking that, caused it. I mean, like, what's the alternative? Like, we don't help them, so then what happens? What's the consequence of that? I, I get it, but don't do it again. How about that? Right, but that doesn't mean we don't have to deal with it this time. We caused it, and we do owe the Ukrainians, and I, I get it. But when you have something like 40 fucking military bases surrounding China right now. And then you're standing up and and saying, you know, the Chinese need to fucking calm down. Would you be calmed down if everybody around you had guns pointed at you and they were ready to take you out? No, you're not going to be calm. Our, Our world is this military hate machine that runs on money and it runs on Raytheon and people making money and it has nothing to do with freedom it has nothing to do with the ukrainian people suffering it has to do with how much money how many how much of that trillion dollars can we get into the pocket of privatized industry that's exactly what it is yeah i mean i agree with that but you know like there's cuz i mean i hear it, i hear it all the time like you know, um, and it's not just, I hear like that whole like argument in general, like that type of argument, like, you know, why are we doing this when we have this? And those two things are like almost always like non related to each other. You know, it's like, why are we, um, what's the one I always hear? It has to do with like undocumented immigrants. It'll say, it'll say like, why are we helping undocumented immigrants when you have like, when we have like homeless veterans on the street? And it's we like can, we can do both. Those two things are completely unrelated, right? Like completely unrelated. <laughs> the funding for them, like every in every imaginable like way, they're unrelated. You know, mm-hmm. um, but people use them to try to like pit these two like 
almost like groups or like factions against each other, you know, in a to create like this sense of belief that they one is causing the other, you know? Right. It's like the subconscious, like thinking like, well, what, if we didn't have like undocumented immigrants, then we wouldn't have, have homeless veterans. <laughs> that line of like thinking and logic is so like very skewed, you know? It's poison, man. I and get it. Um, and you get that in a lot of like places, you know, like, oh, they do that a lot. Uh, I've noticed that a lot with um, like the trans community. You know, they talk about, you know, banning, you know, or like limiting trans rights because, you know, you don't want, you know, this person in the bathroom. Like, what do you want this person in the bathroom with like your little girl or like your little boy? And it's like, what are you implying? Like you're implying that trans people are somehow like pedophiles where that's like not even completely correlated at all. Right. And the thing is, how many times have you go ahead? I was gonna say like when like a vast majority, like vast majority of pedophiles are like just straight white dudes. Yeah. And how many times have you been in a public bathroom in Albertsons and there's been a a little child in there by himself? Right. (laughs) Rarely because mom and dad take the little child to the bathroom. And I mean, that's, yeah. And even on top of that, like, that's not something that's like an issue. Like, right. People aren't pedophiles at some like alarming rate. (laughs) Like I'm pretty sure the rates even lower than like, uh, like non-trans people. Cause it's like what, but they try to correlate these two things to kind of, you know, have this like picture, like paint a picture in people's heads and, you know, connect trans people to pedophilia. Mm-hmm. That's why they use things like terms like groomer, you know, yeah. because to them that, you know, makes that correlation even stronger for people. So, you know, no one ever calls pastors like groomers when it comes to like little kids. But I guarantee you there's thousands. I mean, we know for a fact there's thousands in the United States alone, like thousands of priests that have molested children. Yeah, they're all Democrats, though. That is a fact. They're all Democrats, all of them. They're all pedophiles, that's for sure. (laughs) You know, but nobody wants to correlate the church to pedophilia. Because why? Because it doesn't like really fit what they're trying to do. Right. It's not, it's not sexy enough. It doesn't sell for them. They, well, because at that point they would have to go against the church and people don't want to do that because like you said, even though there is a separation or there should be a separation of church and state, the United States doesn't really work that way. You know, religion yeah. is very like, um, it's almost like pedestaled in the United States, you know? Yeah. Especially Christianity and like maybe a little less, but also like Catholicism. They're very like pedestaled and, you know, they're very powerful institutions. So if you like go against them, you're, I mean, one, you're in for a fight and two, like you are for a lot of people, if you were to go against the church, it, they would feel like you're going against them when you're not, you're going against the, 
like institution, you're not really going against their beliefs. It's hard to get elected when you go yeah. against the church. But a lot of people take it that way, you know. Yeah. Like if if the government was supposed was to come out and like, you know, tax the churches or you know create certain laws or go after you know the church in some way in some like rational way that's like you know they they did something bad so we're gonna you know go after them for people see that as oh you're going against my beliefs like my personal beliefs but that's not the case you're going against the institution like and the system isn't that funny how the the large institution of the church is insulated from all the pedophilia and the hebophilia and all the shit that's happening. And when someone gets caught, it becomes that individual. It's that individual within the church. It's not the church, but the church is this machine that creates and caught it. It it helps that individual find out, you know, find his victims or her victims. I mean, it not only helps them, but it also like helps them cover it up. Yeah. I think at that point, you have to like pull it completely apart. Yeah, we're just going to move him to the archdiocese in Vermont. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, but I mean, you see the same thing in a lot of places. Even if it's not like, um, even if it's not like pedophilia like related, like with in police, you see that all the time. You know, a cop does something bad, breaks the yeah. law, kills somebody, they just yeah. get they'll, they'll get fired or they'll resign, but then they'll just get hired in the next town over. Yeah, like, that just happened. That that woman that hmm. accidentally she accidentally pulled her gun and shot that kid when she thought it was a taser. You know, she got fired. She went to jail. She got out yeah. of jail. She's a cop again. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think a hundred percent of people that are like sexually assaulting somebody should never be hired for that profession again. Like, that's my stance. Right. But if you think about it, like, you hear a story of, like, some teacher that sexually assaults a kid. You think they're going to get hired, like, in the other next district? You think that happens? I don't know. They get completely blackballed from ever teaching again. Right. They get their credentials pulled. Why doesn't that happen to cops? Because I would say because education is tied together in a federal way and police are tied together in states ways. I mean, I would say it's because jurisdictions because people don't want, um, they don't want to paint a picture of bad cops in any way at all. Yeah. Cops, you know, they're supposed to be this like, you know, protect and serve (laughs) people protecting and serving, like abusing their power. That doesn't, that looks bad for them. And, if you were to do that, if you were to like um, permanently like punish people like for those things, you will see that there's a lot of guilty people in that system. There's a lot of bad cops. So I say it again, dismantle the fucking system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, dude, it is uh, Mother's Day. And I don't know about Mexican moms, but white moms want to be left alone. So I, <laughs> I'm going to take my kid to uh, a 10 o'clock movie. We're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and leave leave my mo- leave the mom alone. 
<laughs> Mexican Mother's Day is actually a different day than than it is here. Is it? Yeah, Me- <clears throat> in Mexico, Mother's Day is always May tenth, like oh, every okay. year, regardless. I think over here it's just like the second Sunday of May or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Like changes. So you already celebrated Mother's Day? Yeah, but I'm sure that's the one thing about like Mexican moms in the United States that they uh they'll take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, white moms are just like, leave me the fuck alone. That's my gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's easy for me. All right, man. Thanks, dude. All right, man. Have a good week. You too. And dismantle the system. Help us do it. <laughs> Later, brother. Later. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.